ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20-plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Culver City. It's a weekend here, and uh, I thought I'd give you an update. Uh, just again, want to thank Barry Habib for his uh, generous time on our last video, which was uh, a smashing success. So love bringing um, incredible friends and, and mentors and thought leaders uh, to you guys and, and their audience here on LinkedIn. Obviously, um, everyone loves Barry. So, uh, But here, it's been a while. I'll let that one play itself out, that video, and it's time to get you an update. It's a Sunday here. Um, the good folks over at SnapDocs, which is a great e-hybrid uh, closing solution, are um, inviting me and my friend Martin Warren over there. He's uh, one of the owners of Nations Direct. Uh, we're on our way to Riviera. Uh, so uh, also hang out with the good folks uh, from Atlas Title, uh, Grant Marple and Ron Frazier. Uh, but here's an update on our house. We are in Culver City. This is the master, uh, the great room. I don't know what you're supposed to call it these days. Um, this is fireplace in here. Uh, it's coming together. Here, I'll give you a little. And there's three properties here on the street. Three properties. That's right. You guys don't know about the new one. Um, I'll let you in on that. Uh, that's the pooper, I think. We're here in the uh, his and her closets. Obviously, the hers is gigantic. Um, deservedly so. They've got cork board out here. There's that beautiful palm tree still sitting over here, still looking good. So um, I'm supposed to take a picture of these railings and send to my business partner. They're installing all these railings. They look good. Um, we're trying to get some draw money back from the good folks at RCN Capital so we can complete this project and get it on the market. So here, giving you a little tour. This is the Jack and Jill bathroom. There we go, there we go. You can see the streets out here. Look at that. Trust me, it's, I mean, remember this. Dump, literally, dump. Dumping. When we show you the finished project, how awesome it's gonna be. Um, here we go, we got a bathroom with some windows to the world. Another little mini great room. Um, those power lines are real close, aren't they? We gotta get those moved out of here. Uh, which they will. They will move those along. It's part of the process. <clears throat> move them up higher. That's what they typically do. Check out these stairs. There's a real construction here on these rails. So they laid all the cork down here so you can see you get some some soft uh, footing. Okay. Let's do this. We're going live. Haven't fallen yet. No hands. Okay, this part's cool. So accessory dwelling unit as you come through the great room here fireplace look at all this kitchen appliances starting to go in the cabinetry you got an island here our boy martin warren gorgeous. yeah it is gorgeous big old fridge double so this is all these doors are sliding 
uh, doors. They're not pocket. They all stop right here, but um, all four of them will slide. And there's your ADU. Look how solid uh, that bar is right there in the engineering. So uh, nice little pool. So everything's coming together out here. And uh, I'm going to show you the other two properties. Don't forget we had a fourplex down the street that we bought and went under contract and uh, are in the permit process. And there's a third property on the street that we're taking down. It's already gone through the permit process. And I'll show you that in just a second here. Talk while it's still recording. Um, so tons and tons of construction. As we know, um, I love the fact that Housing Wire um, uh, partnered up with uh, Mike Simonson at Altos Research. And uh, now you have all that listing data. And as you saw from Barry Habib's last post of me together, there's only 620,000 listings in America. And the weekly listing data that Altos Research uh, puts out is, um, is showing that we are entering this year with low supply. So um, if the Fed is going to keep rates higher for longer, as they've said, and we know housing has been in pretty much a full-blown recession, um, if they keep it higher for longer, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, houses are going to be built and supply will be coming on the market at a pace enough to, to make a difference. It's something like, what did Dan Habib say? Something like 1.8 million, you know, able bodies looking for housing. And we just don't have that kind of supply built for them. So, you know, it's almost like it, it forces the Fed to have to keep the rates high because the second they come down, we saw they touched in the high fives here a couple weeks ago before shooting back up with the higher than expected CPI uh, data and PPI data. Um, and um, like that high 5% range seems to be uh, a sweet spot. People want to come off the shelf and buy. You need a roof over your head. Household formation is 33 for new uh, for first time home buyers. Although there was some NAR data that came out. I know Brian View mentioned it in one of his posts, and I'd read the article as well from November, saying that the first-time homebuyer age average went up to 36. Some reports are even saying 41. Um, so when rates go higher, younger families can't afford um, to get into these higher-priced homes. You know, there's demand, but not at higher rates. So, the, again, the Fed wants to crush inflation, and housing components are a big part of it. Um, and the last couple reads for CPI and PPI were higher than expected. So, um, you know, the Fed did, you know, 25 basis point rate hike. Um, the odds of two more 25 basis point rate hikes just went up the last, uh, uh, after the last meeting. Remember that Fed watch tool. Um, so, you know, for now, inflation's there. But we saw, you know, if you read Barry Habib's data, MBS Highway data, they've got the different reports that April... CPI report comes out on May 10th, my son Luca's sixth birthday, and they think that is replacing a high number, including um, a high housing number from a year ago. So we think that if we aren't fully saying we've whipped inflation, that that would be a date that uh, Barry Habib and team have earmarked. All right, let me give you two more properties. This is that fourplex that we walked. It goes all the way to the back. These will be raised to the ground and redone, of course, keeping the same footprint. Um, and there's... 
Um, still two tenants in there. So if you've been watching my show, you know that there's, uh, you know, we've done some updates on some properties. Okay, I'm going to walk you down the whole street and walk and talk with you like I used to on my KP walks. Um, house Okay, so, by the way, interesting tidbit, streaming TV has now overtaken, overtaken linear TV. People watch more YouTube and Hulu and shit like that than regular old cable. The reason I bring that up is because remember in the background we've got Sony Studios, Amazon Studios, Apple has studios out here in Culver City. So content is being created and put it on streaming channels because that's what the people want. They, uh, they want to be unplugged. And um, for those that watch my videos on YouTube, I thank you for that, um, for lending me some of your time. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting tidbit. Um, <clears throat> this street right here is a cul-de-sac. Pretty cool little trees overhanging here. Um, I'm not a fan of all the power lines. It's kind of disgusting, actually, but it is what it is. Um, there's the front of the house. Our gorgeous tree for our neighbors, which we love. Um, Jason wants to put a spotlight from our house shining on their tree to highlight it so it looks good from from inside the house. Okay, so this is one that's going up right here. Looking pretty good. Pretty much everything here is 1.75 million. That's the going price. 1.75, 1.75. 1.75, yes, that little thing. 1.75 to buy that and shred it. It's pretty much the going price on the street. That's what the first two properties I showed you cost us. And um, here we are at the end. Okay, I got 30 seconds here and I had to hit pause. So this one's 1.75. It's already gone through some permitting process. And you can see this gorgeous house right here is getting towards the end. This one's being done as well. And then here's one right here at the end of the street. Nice little cul-de-sac. So uh, make some moves and provide some entertainment and content for my people out there. Um, have a great blessed weekend. Let's finish the month strong. Happy President's Day. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, it's been a while since I've been at my desk, so I had a lot to talk about. I'm going to knock it out super quick. Are we in a repeat of last year in housing? A tale of two halves. You know, last year, the first half was pretty decent. Obviously, we had historically low rates at the beginning of the year, and then rates really went up, and interest rates drive our business. Well, interest rates are going up again. Uh, they're still pretty elevated, and the only thing really that's going to take them down is the Fed either fully pausing, believing that inflation is starting to get tamed and actually coming down. It did not help that that CPI print we just had was a little hotter than expected, um, and today we even got some GDP data, the Q4 gross domestic product data, the GDP data. Inside of it is some spending and inflation data, which is very similar to what's going to come out tomorrow with the personal consumption expenditure, the PCE. Now, this is always, they also call it like the, um, uh, the personal consumption, like the deflator, right? So, so this is like the Fed's favorite measure of inflation. What are consumers spending in real time right now? which is interesting because the CPI and the PPI are 12-month lagging datas and very heavy in housing, especially on this uh, CPI. PCE doesn't have as huge a housing component, but it is still a very big barometer. So 
We know oil prices and gas prices have kind of come down, um, and that might show up tomorrow. However, in the Q4 GDP read, the similar data that was like what's coming out tomorrow in the PCE was a little high. So Wall Street doesn't know what to think. The bond traders don't know what to think. Now, if you noticed, the 10-year Treasury yield has been rising ever since, let me look at my good chart from the good friends over there at MBS Highway, um, ever since February 2nd, the 10-year Treasury has been moving up, and it literally has moved up from 335 to almost 400 basis points. It's about a 60, uh, 65 basis point swing up. Now, the stock market usually does worse when rates go up, and obviously the dollar is getting stronger as well uh, because our yields are heavy and people want to invest in the dollar and the treasuries. That's usually bad for stocks, especially growth stocks. So uh, inflation has reared its ugly head slightly, although we still are in a downtrend of inflation. And we've got some more reads coming out, and obviously starting with tomorrow, the PCE. And then, of course, earnings season's over. So how do companies do in Q4? How are they doing? Well, they're earning money. The top 15% of companies are where you want to put your money for stocks. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not responsible for your losses, only your profits. Energy's been pretty good. But if you want to put money in stocks, you really have to be a stock picker in this market. Overall, though, now just you know, speaking broadly about stocks, they say it's not a stock market, it's a market of stocks. And never has that rang more true than right now. The stock market, however, in the broad index, let's call the S&P index, um, it had a nice little run here to start the year. But maybe it's run out of steam. Maybe it's time to kind of pull back. Was that a bear market rally? Uh, is that a true sign of a new bull market? Are we just really in a secular bull market that never really stopped, even though last year was uh, officially a bear market? Was that a bear market within a bull secular market? Everyone's going to find out like years from now and tell you what happened. The bottom line, though, in the stock market is it typically it trails about three or four weeks to what interest rates are doing. Interest rates are driven by inflation, yields on the treasuries. And so the two-year treasury hit an all-time high in this cycle. It was up to like, I don't know, almost 5%, something like that. So uh, remember, the 10-year, two-year treasury is a, uh, is a yield curve that is usually a sign of a recession to come. So did we have one? Are we going to have one? Did we have one? Um, are we going to look back a year from now and say we were in one last year, but we're not in one now? I don't really know. But right now, just taking a quick look at the charts, we had 470, 47 is the yield on the two-year treasury. So when the two-year treasury has a higher yield than the 10-year, what that basically is saying, the bond chart is saying that, you know, we feel within the next two years there's a recession coming. So we're not as um, key on risk on assets. Why risk more money in a stock when I can take the safe bet and put it in a two-year treasury for the next two years at 4.7% yield? So there's a saying that I heard from um, Kramer on Mad Money. He said, people invest in money, uh, invest money in stocks to risk making money. They put money in bonds, treasuries, not to lose money. So if you are putting more money into two years and the yield is better than a 10-year, that means that the outlook for the next short-term horizon is the economy is not good or we'll see slowing growth, or in this case, a 10-2 spread inversion, 
a recession. So we're back to recession watch. We're back on inflation watch. I still think we've hit peak rates and I still think we've hit peak inflation. I'm going to stand by those numbers. Um, remember, things don't go up or down in a straight line. And now that earnings season is over and um, earnings generally beat, but not as many companies beat and more companies guided down their future revision and guided down before earnings were released this year, uh, been a long time. We have uh, more uh, in Q4, we have more multi-units, uh, or more, excuse me, more homes built for rent than homes built for sale in Q4 for the first time since 1974. So that might be good for rent costs. We have noticed rent coming down. Um, recent new leases for rent, not the lagging rent data that's in the CPI report. And of course, we still see housing prices coming down, um, but they're probably going to stabilize because when interest rates go up, People can't afford to get into a high-priced home, so there's less demand, less building getting done, and less people selling because people that sell a home, 75% of them roughly, buy a new home. So there's still this whole dynamic of, you know, the Fed can control one thing, really, and they can just control the interest rates. They can control the Fed fund rate. They can't grab a hammer. They can't build more houses. They can't grow more crops. They can't pump more oil. They can't let more immigrants in. And, you know, take jobs. They can't do a lot of stuff. They just can raise interest rates. So, hire for longer. If they are going to use their one blunt tool, they're going to keep interest rates higher for longer. They've told us over and over and over, and I believe them. So, uh, after um, uh, the Fed spoke, the CME tool that uh, we talk about, after the Fed raised the rate 25 basis points, um, there is now seen to be a 25 basis point rate hike at the next meeting, and that would be uh, March 22nd. And then there's a probability, a 71% probability. And then the May 3rd meeting has a 68% probability that um, there'll be another rate hike. Um, and then the June 14th meeting, the CME tool, is betting a 52%, so more um, than half that there'll be another, so three more quarter rate hikes coming to get us to a 525 to 550 range. That's where the market sits right now at this little blip of higher inflation. Um, I personally think that between now and the March and April um, reads of inflation, I think we'll start to see uh, the numbers come down. And I think that at the June 14th meeting, I think that will be there'll be no rate hike. That's my call right now. And part of that is based on the good data from MBS Highway that Barry Habib and team present, that on May 10th, the CPI data from the April read will come out, and that's when officially everyone will be like, oh, all the lagging data for housing is finally caught up. Spring purchase season will almost be over. We're here late in February, and uh, things are about to kick off. It is getting busier. There are more people out looking. That doesn't mean they're getting under contract, but they're out looking. And, um, you know, a lot of talking heads out there, economists, Fed speakers, this and that, they're projecting low growth this year, you know, um, 1% to 2% GDP and inflation to be tamed. But will the Fed cut rates starting at the end of the year? Uh, that is a big thing that everyone's looking to see. So, tale of two halves, after the spring purchase season, where rates are staying higher for longer, they're not profitable. The secondary market's not going to pay up for a rate that's 6% uh, or 7% that is going to pay off next year if there's a refi boom, okay? So servicers make money when the, when the loans stay on the books for a while. 
So uh, seasonal trends will end with spring purchase season, and the second half of the year is going to be tough. And even if we do get a boost in spring purchase season, loans are just not that profitable. So everyone's bleeding out, drawing out. The difference between now and 08 is that everyone just went out of business overnight. Here, it's a long, slow burn. Did you take out debt? Do you have to sell servicing? Do you have reserves? Do you have cash? Everyone's got a different strategy. We're holding on cash with our two fists. See you at Ice Experience in Vegas. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.